Well, good morning. As you can tell, I am not Pastor Rod. Uh, I introduced myself earlier. My name is Eric Dillingham. I'm the student pastor here as well as guest services director. Uh, pastor Rod has actually gotten the privilege to go and preach at our uh, church plant right down the road in Pendergrass at the Refuge. Uh, so he's actually probably about to wrap up here in a couple minutes. So uh, so hopefully he'll be able to, to make an appearance at the end. But uh, I just want to say welcome this morning. Thank you for honoring our graduates um, as we did that at the beginning of the service. We're starting a new uh, sermon series today called Practical Prayers. And uh, when Pastor Rod uh, originally asked me to, to come and, and preach, I jumped at the chance. It's always a, a blessing and an honor to do that. But I realized that it's been a minute since I got to come up and, and share uh, what God's laid on my heart. So a few little life updates. Uh, yesterday, my beautiful bride, Sarah, and I actually got the chance to move back to Jefferson uh, so we're, we're local now, so that's a, that's a blessing, and uh, we moved into a little apartment, and I uh, want to give a couple of shout-outs, uh, if I may, to uh, Josh Hamrick, who was here at the first service, to Caleb Warren, Anthony uh, Warrington, uh, Abby uh, Epling, uh, Zach Tully, and I think, I think that was it. I think that was everybody who, who came out and, and helped us move yesterday. But here's the thing about moving. This has nothing to do with the sermon, by the way. Just a funny story to start us out. Here's the thing about moving. You know it's hard on your boy, all right? It's hard on your boy. We, uh, we managed to get everything major that we needed to move yesterday. There's a couple more boxes at our old apartment in Gainesville. Um, so last night, I'm getting ready. Like, I got my polo. Like, I got my stuff laid out. I'm that guy. You know, uh, Sundays can come faster than you realize, so I lay everything out. Somehow, all my clothes ended up staying in Gainesville. All four of those boxes stayed in Gainesville. So I come in, and I'm looking for stuff. I have this polo and a pair of gray cloth shorts, like workout shorts. Yeah, no pants. No pants in the entire, in the entire apartment. I'm frantic. I'm doing all this stuff. Then, you know, I come in this morning. I'm just like, all right, you know, <laughs> come as you are. <laughs> no perfect people. That's great. That's our, that's our motto here. But I come in and realize, shout out to the clothes closet, because I had donated a bag of clothes about a week ago when I was clearing stuff out, and I found my pants. I found my pants. So never thought you'd hear a pastor say that from the stage. It's great. So uh, they're about five years old, so they don't exactly fit. So I'm rocking the baggy look from the 90s. It's good. Um, it's all, it, it is what it is. But uh, hey, that's right. Clothes Closet is the first Saturday of every month. Uh, if you have donations or want to serve, you contact Mr. Darrell. He'll He'll square you away, but uh, it's just been one of those weekends. It's been a great weekend. We got a lot of stuff done, um, but yeah, that was that was kind of my morning. And uh, we're starting a new sermon series, so that was uh, that was a little bit of you know extra pressure there, but it's good. Uh, practical prayers. The next few weeks, we're going to be going over some prayers that um, some some prayers that we have said to God, or prayers that we need to say to God according to the Word of God. And today is prayers for direction in our lives. And, and the premise today, I, I was thinking about it, and, and Rod knows this, Corey, anybody who preaches or teaches a small group knows this. When you start studying on a particular topic, even if it's a scripture you've read hundreds of times, you get something different from it, right? Depending on your experience and depending on what God is leading you through in your life in that moment. Um, and so as I'm reading, I'm thinking like, well, maybe I could do like Abraham leaving his home. Maybe I can do uh, the three uh, wise men, even though there wasn't really three of them, that's, that's just a tradition, but the wise men coming to see Jesus or, or David running from Saul, all these different stories about direction. But then I, I really started thinking about it. 
there's really only two directions our lives can take in the grand scheme of things. The first direction is closer to God, and the second direction is further away from God. There's really, the Bible talks about, you know, do not be lukewarm lest he spit you out. That's, that's in the New Testament. And, but I started thinking about, it. really, if we're not moving closer to God, we're moving away from him. There's really no in-between in that. And that sounds like a very, you know, absolute statement, very cut and dry statement. But if you look, if you can look back in your life, you know that there were times in your life where either you were moving closer to him or away from him. If you're not moving closer to him, you are moving away from him. And so uh, when it comes to prayers for direction, the premise today that I have for you is, the direction that God wants all of us to go is the direction of his son. That's really the direction. Uh, everything else is kind of the, the, the candy on top, right, the cherry on top. And so I, I think about directions. Um, by show of hands, we're going to have some fun this morning. By show of hands, is there anyone in this room that does not or hates asking for directions? Anybody? I've got a few honest people. That's good. All right. We got a few honest people. Every man's hand in this room should be up right now. That's good. All right. Yeah, I saw I saw that little. It's good. Yeah, I'm like a stretching. Yeah, it's good. Um, I I am I am the stereotypical. I don't like asking for directions. My growing up, my father, he's a truck driver, been driving truck 32, 33 years now. Um, just he always had these shortcuts that weren't really short. You know what I'm saying? Like we it, it was like, oh, my buddy on the CB said, if I take this road right here, you know, it's going to, that's how my dad talks. Anyway, like, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take us, you know, 10 minutes less. You know, we're going to save 10 minutes. And your mind that's going, 10 minutes, that's good. Is anybody else in here, okay, when the GPS, like, gives you the estimated time of arrival, you're like, bad. Like, well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how fast I get there. We'll see. I'm going to beat that clock, right? That's, that's me. That's, that's what I do. I drive the safe limit, kind of. Anyway, um. But my dad always had these shortcuts, right? He always, and it was always taking like 10 or 15 minutes longer than he anticipated because we'd get lost. This is like back in the 90s before we had MapQuest and apps and all this other stuff. That changed the game for my dad because when there was a traffic accident, right, he wouldn't know how to reroute. Now it'll reroute it for you. I'm, I'm talking back in the day when even when we had the internet, you would like, print out the instructions, like the turn-by-turn -turn instructions. I'm getting some head nods. Like, I'm, I'm starting to, we're, 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 we're jiving. We're thinking the same thing right now. But what would happen if there was a wreck? Or what would happen if there was traffic or you took the wrong turn? Well, you'd have to turn back around and get to the last, like, known point, right? And God forbid there was traffic, like, and you had to, like, reroute somewhere because you didn't know, you had to, you were living on a prayer, literally. You are like Bon Jovi. You were living on that prayer because you didn't know like, if the person in front of you knew where they were going, you were literally hoping, like, oh, man, I hope this person is from here. I, I hope that they know this. You could end up in somebody's back 40 with a shotgun in your face. Like, you don't know, right? You, you, you start turning up in Madison County, you never know what's going to happen. I don't know. Anyway. Okay, first of all, there's a Madison County in North Carolina. Yes, they are the same as the Madison County here. But anyway, um, that's where my father-in-law and mother-in-law live. I love giving them a hard time. But uh, you, you really didn't know. And now we even have, like, GPSs that will tell us, like, hey, there's a traffic accident up ahead. Take this way. Or, hey, there's, you know, construction. Go this way. Or, hey, it's 85. Avoid it altogether, right? Like, that's, that's just the way the, the apps are now, right? Even when you're assembling, like, stuff that have directions that come with them, you don't want, you don't need no stinking directions. And then your Ikea comes out looking like a Picasso. It's great. Like, you know, you got all these extra screws and bolts, and you don't know where they're at. And they're like, oh, I don't need those. And, and you don't know what's going to happen, right? 
we all want direction in our lives, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we want that direction. You know what I'm saying? We want a direction to go in if it's convenient to us, right? And so today we're going we're gonna to just look at uh, some things that we need to really focus on if we're going to grow closer to Christ, because that's the ultimate direction Jesus or that God wants us to go, right? There's no in-betweens. And so on your uh, worship packet, your handout, you should have some fill-in-the-blank spots. The first one right here is, it's less about what, what does God want me to do and more about who does God want me to be. It's less about what does God want me to do and more about who does God want me to be, right? So we're, we're, we're trying to pray for direction. We're trying to go in a certain way. And most of us, when we pray for direction, we're praying for a direction that seems convenient to us, seems beneficial to us, seems like it's going to lead us into a path of success. And yet what God is hearing, hey, he's praying for direction. I want him to look more like my son. Because, again, the two directions we got, growing closer to God or growing further away from God, right? Matthew 6, 31, it's like God knew we would have these discussions, which he did, and he gave us scripture for it. Matthew 6, 31 through 34 says, So do not worry saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But here's the, here's the verse I want you to focus on. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. And so really what God is saying is like, hey, I know what you need. I also know what you want, but I know what you need. And it kind of gives that dramatic pause, like, to grow closer to Jesus, right? Because we can pray for a lot of things. We can pray for a lot of directions. So a uh, quick story, when I was still living in North Carolina before I moved to Georgia, um, I was working for a church, and I was, uh, I was working on the operations team, so it was a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. I was getting my degree uh, I was also teaching in the kids' ministry and the student ministry and all those things and kind of like a guest speaker every once in a while. And uh, I had this amazing opportunity to go to Texas, but there's one problem. It, it was Texas, um, and it had the heat, right? I'm not a big heat guy. Like, I, I moved to Georgia, and literally I stepped out, and it was just instant drench, all right? I don't know what y'all put in the water or in the atmosphere here, but it's humid all the time. 60 degrees on, I'm dying over here, okay? That's just the way it is for me, right? Texas is even hotter, and at the time, my mom wasn't doing that well, like, health-wise, and I was worried about leaving her, and all. I made all these excuses, right? And, and ultimately, that excuse, what, what God kind of showed me is, you think you can take care of your mom better than I can? That's what, that's what God was telling me at the moment. Um, after I turned down this job opportunity, I was praying, God, just, just next job you put in front of me, I'm going. Doesn't matter where it is, doesn't matter where. That's a bold prayer to prayer, because I was expecting, like, China. Okay, I was expecting like the foreign mission field. I was going to have to learn another language. Do you know how bad I would stick out in China? <laughs> Six, four, bald, big dude in China. Like, I'd be like Shaq walking around like the Georgia Mall. Like, it, it would be like terrible, right? But then God opened up the path to Georgia. He opened up a position here at Crossroads eventually. I met my beautiful wife. Like, he had a plan. He had the direction he wanted me to go. But he didn't really, I, I don't feel like God was really concerned, right, with the location, with the destination. He was more concerned with who I was going to be when I got there, right? He was molding me, shaping me, just like he is every single person in this room, right? 
He's molding us. He's shaping us to be more like his son. Because when we pray for direction, we want the direction that's most convenient to us. We want what? The 401K, right? We want the, the retirement, the house, right? The 2.5 kids, maybe some of us not so much. That's fine. 2.5 kids, we want, we want the jacked up truck. That might just be me. But, you know, like there's things we want and desire, and God knows our wants, but he knows our needs even better, right? You know what I'm saying? Like none of those things are going to help us move closer towards God. It's going to help us move closer towards our goal, like our own like selfish goal, right? There's nothing wrong with having dreams and aspirations and, and goals to do those things. Those are great. God wants you, like, you're not going to hear this much. God wants you to be successful, but he wants you to be successful in the things that matter, right? It's not that he doesn't want you to have all those things. It never says that in the Bible, but he would rather you look more like Jesus than look more like, I don't know, Elon Musk, all right? Richest guy in the world, right? He would rather you look like Jesus than Elon, right? Elon, shout out. Anyway, but uh, if you need a Tesla test driver, I'm here. But uh, I'm, I'm telling you, like, God cares more about what you're going to look like, who you're going to be, than what you do, right? And so the direction, his purpose for us has always been one thing, to look more like Jesus. What that means is he wants us to be holy. His purpose for us is not to have all the material things this world has to offer. It's for us to be more like Jesus. It says this next uh, bullet point you can fill in. God's ultimate purpose for our lives is for us to be holy. And that word holy, it's kind of like an intimidating word. You know, it's kind of like putting it up on a pedestal like, huh? Like, you know, like, I don't know. That was probably, probably insert, you know, idol here. I don't know. But anyway, uh, he wants us to be holy, right? First Peter says this, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be sober-minded. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not conform to the passions of your former ignorance, but just as he who has called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Right? It doesn't say to go out and, and go after the world. It says go after Jesus. And we hear this word holy. We get intimidated a little bit. We might even start thinking like, hey, I'll never get there, so why even bother? I'm not good enough. Well, the good news is that Jesus was and still is. He is enough. He is Jaira, right? He is enough for everything we need, everything we would ever uh, hope to have in this world, right? He is enough. And in order to be holy, to be like Jesus, it is a process. No one expects you to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior today and look like Jesus by tomorrow morning, okay? No one expects that, okay? If, you, if someone has told you that in the past, You've been misled. It's a process. It's actually, it's a church word. It's called sanctification, right? It's the process of becoming more like Jesus. There's three big words that you'll hear in church. I'm going to break them down for you. The first is justification. That is when Jesus paid for our sins on the cross. He justified the penalty. He justified the cost of our sins on the cross. The next is sanctification. That is the process of becoming more like him, to becoming more holy. It's not something you pick up in a day. There's no uh, night course for it. There's no degree for it. There, you, you just have to grow in him, okay? We do that by studying God's word, by worshiping corporately, by joining a small group. That's a great way to do it. We, we think that circles are better than rows here at Crossroads. We love our worship time, but where you grow the most is in small groups, at CR, at Closed Closet, serving in the community, serving in one of our teams. That's where you're going to grow the most, Right? That's the sanctification process. And then there's glorification, 
which is when you meet him face to face and this sinful flesh is gone forever. And our spirit carries on with Jesus forever and ever. That's an awesome thought, right? So it's a process. It's kind of like become holy as, as I am holy. I, I kind of think about my dad, right? Not that I think that he's holier than thou. He definitely is not, okay, because I am his son, and I take after him, okay? My dad, uh, growing up, I love you, Dad, if you're watching this. Shout out to the people watching online. Uh, you cannot work on cars whatsoever. I love you, Dad. You cannot work on cars. I cannot work on cars as a result of that, okay? If you, okay, here's the thing. If you ever see me underneath a car, ever see me underneath a car, you need to call 911. Don't even ask questions. Don't be like, hey, you good? Like, don't, just call, okay? Because either something bad has already happened or something bad is about to happen. That's not my, that's not my wheelhouse, okay, at all. I can hang some stuff. I can, I can, do, some, I, I can do some stuff around us. I can clean. I can cook. I can do all that stuff. No judgment, all right? Man can cook, right? Yeah, that's my wife. Yeah, she likes it. All right. But, like, that's not my thing. I didn't learn that from my father. He said, be imitators, right? To be holy as I am holy to Jesus, right? We learn things from watching who? Mostly our parents, our teachers, our coaches. Like, we, we look to other people so that we can imitate them, right? My dad, I, I couldn't learn anything about cars because my dad didn't learn anything about cars, right? I learned how to drive from my dad. That's probably why I have the need for speed. But it's okay, right? And, and for some of us, right, we're over here trying to model after the world when in reality God's saying, no, that's not the direction I want you to go. I want you to go model after Christ. So in order to model after Christ, what, what do we need to do? We need, we need to study about his life, right? We need to dive into God's word. We need to see all the times that he what? He studied, right? Even when he was 12 years old at the temple, remember, his parents lost him on the caravan. Can you imagine that? They lost the son of God. Like, they had one job, okay? They literally had, like, one job and be like, I thought it was with you. He ain't with me. I thought it was with you. Like, and then just, like, took off, right? You had one job. And what did they find him doing there? He was studying the, he was studying the word, but he was also teaching it. Can you imagine how the elders felt having, like, a 12-year-old be like, no, nah, that ain't right. No, that's good. That's kind of like when you give your kids your phone or your tablet or something, tell them to fix it, and they fix it in two seconds. You're just like, how do they do that? Um, I'm already starting to feel that way with students. Like some messed up on my computer last summer. A student came over just like, and just fired right up. I was like, this boy's a witch. I don't know how he did that. I don't know how he did that. But it was like magic. He, he fixed it. But could you imagine, like, hearing Jesus teach about his father? Like one-on-one, -on -one, like being there in person, he was teaching, he was feeding, he was healing, right? And he was showing them how to pray. Remember the prayer he, he had in the garden before he was crucified? He said, Father, if it is possible, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but your will be done. The only perfect human to ever be born and to ever live had the power to call down legions of angels at, at any given moment, said, you know what, it's not about me, I'm going in the direction of my Father. And it said, be holy as I am holy, be like Jesus. So instead of growing towards the world, growing away from God, God's telling us the best possible place we can be is growing towards him, right? But if we look at Jesus' prayer, if we look at his life, we can see that his motivation meant everything, 
right? Why was he praying? He was praying to God for, for, uh, for sustenance. He was praying for strength. He was praying for endurance. He was praying all these things so that he could fulfill what God the Father had sent him to do, right? So I think a lot of times uh, I, there's, a, there's a comedian called John Chris. He's still, kinda, he's still pretty relevant right now. He's, he's a funny guy. He has this saying called check your heart. And I, that thought kept coming to me as I was studying, right? Check your heart. Check your motivation. All right? So when we pray, sometimes we can, uh, we, we can pray the right things for the wrong reasons. And, and there is another group of people in the Bible that did that. They were called Pharisees, right? They prayed the right things. They even said, you, you, say these, you say these beautiful words and these beautiful things, but on the inside you're like, you're like whitewashed tombs. On the inside you're dead inside, Right? They just say nice things to be heard and, and to make them see themselves seem like more powerful and more uh, knowledgeable than they really are. They didn't have the right motivation. Jesus always had the right motivation, right? Um, I would say probably um, praying with the right motivation is often more important than praying for the right destination. Because if we're praying with the right motivation we'll get to the destination that God promised us, the destination that God wants us to be in, right? My mom and dad used to tell me, hey, you can do anything. You can be anything if you want it bad enough. Paraphrasing, you can do anything when you're motivated, when your motivation's the right way, right? I always think it's funny that when, especially, I'm just going to pick on Baptists because I am one, all right? Picking on Baptists, like, what, what's a prayer that we usually say before we eat? Lord, please bless this food to the nourishment of our body and us to your service, right? That's an awesome prayer. I don't think our motivation is right when we sit in front of KFC. You know what I'm saying? I don't think our motivation is right. I mean, we had Publix Chicken a couple weeks ago at our, at our, uh, our little, I don't know if it's homecoming, our fellowship meal. We had Publix Chicken. That was a blessed meal, let me tell you. But even Chick-fil-A, like, come on. Like, I, I've never been sitting there just be like, Lord, Please somehow change the chemical compounds in this pizza to make it nourishing to my body. I've never, like, I can't say that because it's not, I mean, he can turn water into wine. I don't know if he can turn Little Caesars into something healthy. I'm just being honest. Like, he can. But, you know, for the purposes of this story, he, you know, he probably wouldn't. But they always said that I could do anything that I wanted to do if my motivation was right. It's incredible what the human mind can do, what the human body can do if our motivation is right. And if our motivation is to move closer to God, that is where it will move. Matthew 6, 19 through 21 says this, Do not store for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Okay? Let me paraphrase that. For where your motivation is, there your heart will also be. Uh, another thing my dad always said, uh, show me your checkbook and I'll show you your heart. That's what he used to say to me all the time. And it finally started sinking in about four years ago or five years ago when I had to start living on my own. All right? Couldn't, couldn't do all the stuff I used to want to do when I didn't have to pay rent. You know what I'm saying? Like all the college grads, high school grads, buckle up. It's going to be fun. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun process, all right? So I, I started thinking to myself, what is my motivation? Like, what is my motivation here on this earth? And it's kind of like what Bryce's verse was, uh, one of our graduates, what his favorite verse was, go therefore and make disciples, baptizing in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is what our motivation should be. That's, and why are we doing that? We're doing that to become holy. We're doing that so that others may come to know the, the life, 
saving grace that God offers. But there's sometimes when we're praying and, and it just doesn't come across that way. Sometimes we're praying selfish prayers. I do the same thing. I, sometimes they are self-gratifying prayers and I have to catch myself. And as I was studying this week, I started asking myself, like, what kind of questions should I be asking myself before I pray? And here's, here's just a couple of those questions. This is not an exhaustive list, but it's, it's a list that I think if we start asking these questions, it will help in that sanctification process and that becoming more holy, becoming like Jesus if we start asking these questions. The first one is this. Am I seeking my glory for am I seeking my glory or God's glory? Am I seeking my glory or God's glory? Is what I'm asking for going to make me more like Jesus? If it's not, if it's going to take me away from Jesus, it's probably not a prayer I should be praying. If God answered this one stuck to me. This one this one this one clutched in my heartstrings this week. If God answered my prayer, would anyone else receive a blessing? Do you know how, how like, shot, shot through the heart that makes me feel sometimes? When I'm praying and then, I, then at the very end, God just convicts my heart and he goes, did you pray for the person you said you were going to pray for? Like when you said, hey, I'll pray for you. And I'm, I'm bad for this, guys. I, I will pray for you, but the thing is sometimes I forget because I don't write it down. What I'm trying to do, you guys can hold me accountable. What I'm trying to do is if you come to me with a prayer request, help me to pray with you right then. Because there's power when two of us are gathered saying something in God's name. And if I'm not careful, even though it's not my intention, it's not my motivation, if I'm not careful, my sin takes over, and I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm sure they got other people praying for them. Maybe that's too transparent for up here, all right? But I'm just being honest. Sometimes I forget. Everybody's got things going on. Sometimes I forget. So a challenge that I've said to myself is that I need to pray with someone right then and there, if possible. Obviously, if we're driving and I'm praying with somebody, don't close your eyes, all right? That's how 85 got the way it got, all right? Don't be doing that, okay? But pray with them. Pray with them right then and there, and that they would receive a blessing. Last one, will this prayer bring others closer to Christ? Will this prayer bring others closer to Christ? And again, kind of going back to the holiness part of it, none of us start out asking these questions. None of us start out acting like Jesus day one. I said that earlier, but I'll say it again. Um, it, it takes time. It takes motivation. It takes effort. The Christian life is not one of ease. It's one of effort, right? You can say the prayer, and you can do all this, and, and yada, yada. That doesn't mean that you're trying to become like Jesus. It just means you said a prayer. It's not the physical words. It's the heart behind the words. It's the motivation behind the words that makes them powerful, right? I, I start thinking, you know, when, when I see Jesus one day, when I see the Father one day, and, and I'm, I'm talking to him, and God's up there, God will not be up there with a clipboard, okay? He's not going to be up there checking things off that I did in my life. Oh, you worked for the same company for X amount of years? Check. Oh, you got that 401k? Good job. Check. Hey, you, uh, you, you gave and tithed every once in a while? Check. You got that house in your retirement? Check. You had them kids? Check. He's, he's not going to be up there. What he's literally going to be up there, there's one of two things God will say to you when you meet him face to face. Either, well done, or I never knew you. One of two things. Those are the two directions that we have in our lives. Whether you're a Christian, non-Christian, it's for every human being. Well done, or I never knew you. You're either growing towards Christ or growing further away from him. 
Can you imagine if there was a clipboard out there and God just had that one checkbox like, oh, well done. Or, I never knew you. But I'm thankful that because of God's word, that because of Jesus Christ in this world, he hasn't abandoned this world, y'all. The world would want you to think that. He would want you to think that our prayers for direction go unheard. But God, every time we pray for direction, God is bringing us closer to Jesus, whether we realize it or not. And my hope for you is that one day when you see him face to face, he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. Because the other one's just too tragic to think about. So kind of to land this plane, so to speak, this morning, I'll reiterate, when we pray for direction, we are really asking God to form us into the image of Christ. We are asking him, when we ask him for direction, we are asking him to make us more holy, just like Jesus is holy. Galatians 2.20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. You might be starting out on your journey. You might not even started your, your Christian journey yet. Maybe you're here today, and you haven't done that. You'll have an opportunity in just a moment. But it's no longer I who live. It's Christ who lives within me. It's not, it's not a quick thing. It's something that takes time and effort and energy and motivation. But he'll get you where he wants you to go. Christ will get you to heaven. It just might not be the path. He might be rerouting you right now. You never know. He might, he might literally have you go through this hard time right now. You might be seeing the wreck. Maybe you got in the wreck. Maybe you're in the traffic jam. Maybe you're in a holding pattern. But you know what God's saying? Hey, I got you. I'm rerouting you. I'm going to get you where you need to go. And where you need to go is next to Christ. He's with you at all times. But man, one day our faith will be sight. That's going to be an awesome, awesome day. So if you would, bow your heads with me this morning. If you're here this morning, and, and this, this is sounding like something you've never heard before. Maybe, um, maybe you're here and you're going, you know what? I'm not holy. I'm a sinner. I realize that. And I need to change some things right now. Maybe you're sitting here and going, I have no direction in my life. I've just been going wherever the wind takes me. I've been going wherever the world tells me to go. But today I want to change that. And if that's you this morning, you can, you can ask Jesus into your heart this morning and he can start guiding you and directing you to be more like his son. Because again, we're either growing closer to him or further away from him. So if you're here this morning, you've never accepted Jesus Christ, you can say this prayer to him. As I said before, the words do not save you. The motivation and the heart behind the words saves you. If you're here this morning, you want to accept him as your savior, you can say this to him. You can say it out loud. You can say it however you want, but you can say this to him. Dear Lord, I am a sinner in need of a savior. I was wrong about my sin, but I want to be right in your eyes. Thank you for taking my sin from me, for dying for my sin, for paying that penalty. 
I profess you as Lord of my life. Jesus, will you please help me to be like you? If you said that prayer this morning, we want to celebrate that with you. There'll be an opportunity to to contact someone on your Connect card. But I just want you to know I'm praying for you right now. If you're here, and maybe you know who Jesus is, maybe you've accepted what he's done for you on the cross, but you've just been going your own way. You've not been growing closer to God. You've been growing further away from him. And you're here, and you want to grow closer to him, and you want to say, Lord, please help me to be more like Jesus. Please help me to be more loving, to have more joy, to have more peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all the fruit of the Spirit. Please help me to be more like your son and motivate me to do so. You can pray that to him this morning as well. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day, Father, for a chance to come and share your word, Lord, for us to be come closer to you as our Heavenly Father and your Son, Jesus, as our older brother. We thank you for the sacrifice that Jesus made. We thank you for the example that you have left us in the New Testament to, to grow to become more like him. And we thank you, Lord, that you give us direction, that, that you want us to be successful in the right things, that you want, Lord, to be with us for eternity. And I just pray, God, that there's people here this morning who have made decisions. I pray that you would encourage them, motivate them to reach out so that we can help them grow, so we can grow together. We can help motivate one another. Lord, thank you so much for your love, your grace, and your mercy. For it's all in your name.